0: Are we live? All right, we are. Thank you all for coming. This is our uh, pre-show banter portion of the podcast. So we still got a few minutes before we start. So thank you all for coming. We got a couple minutes. Oh my goodness, we're filling up fast. I'm gonna do a quick bit at the beginning for my other publisher, who is not How here. How
1: dare you? I know.
0: I know. They, they published my first four books, so we've got to do a quick little bit for them. Um, and then we'll then we'll get right into the, the fun stuff, all right? So but um, but thank you all for coming. Oh my gosh, it's such a crazy day and you're here to talk ghost stories. Wow, very nice.
1: So, I have a question. How many of you currently listen to the Eerie Travels podcast?
0: Anybody? Oh, one. We got one. We all right. We
1: have a traveler. One. Woo-hoo!
0: So, excellent, excellent, cuz it's funny we do some of these we get everybody's listening to us, and then some of these, nobody's listened to us. So it's fun. That's good, then you don't know what all's coming. So good. All right. But hold on, I'm going to do a quick bit since we're getting close. I'll yeah, do it you, now. You, so, do your bit. All right. Hold on. This is, I'm going to turn around in a minute. All right. Uh, High History Press, we are here at MegaCon, and it's Friday, and I'm here with Erica and Bo. And we're gonna be doing a live podcast of Erie Travels based on the books from you all. And they put us on Friday, right opposite all the major photo ops, the Princess Bride photo op, the, the Star Wars photo op, and all this other stuff. Uh, even Loki's got a photo op right now. But a few people did show up, and it's all because you put my books in Cracker Barrel and that our podcast is doing well. So everybody say, hi, History Press. All right. All right. Thanks, gang. We'll see you soon. All right. Okay. Thank you. I had to indulge. Thank you. Thank you. They'll love that in South Carolina. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So. I think we're getting close. We, well, we are. Got a minute. Speaking of Princess Bride. Yes. Buttercup just came in.
1: Were you speaking of Princess
0: Bride? No, I, I mentioned. I oh, you up mentioned against the Princess, Princess Bride. Princess Bride podcast. Uh, photo Car- op. So. Cariola's.
1: Carry always. Yeah, carry that always, there we go. That was a long yeah.
0: wait, okay. All right, well, it's it's 2.15, so I think we're gonna go ahead and get started. So, uh, but uh, wow, oh yes. my goodness.
1: So, welcome everyone to Erie Travels Top Florida Haunts. So yes. thank you for being here. And
0: uh, greetings travelers. That's greetings how we usually travelers.
1: start Greetings travelers, that's how so, we do this. Thank
0: you, all right. And, and our wonderful snowball mic didn't get any of that, but it's awesome because it's no, unidirectional. It it, so, it, 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 <laughs> oh, it did. Oh, listen, wow.
1: we have a producer. Just That's right. introduce yourself. Okay.
0: So for those of you who don't know, I'm Mark Muncie. I am the author of the Erie Florida book series. Uh, I'm also done uh, the new book, Erie Appalachia, because I run out of adjectives pretty quick. Uh, but uh, you probably know me from either The Curse of Robert the Doll on Travel Channel or about a minute and a half of an Ancient Aliens in season three, but. um, And then my wonderful co-host.
1: I am Erica Lance, I'm a horror author and uh, also I run Four Horsemen Publications but I talked Mark after many years of knowing him into doing a podcast with me. So we started Eerie Travels about a year ago. We do two episodes a week, so we are super happy and we give you all cool places to go and visit or if you're like me and don't like being scared by ghosts um, to wait on the outside of. So (laughs) it's good, it's good. And send your friends in, because I have a philosophy that I just don't have to outrun my friends. Just the other people on this podcast.
0: Yep, so. yep. and then yep. our wonderful producer Bo Lake is here. Uh, Bo, what, you, you write as well, so I do horror romance. Horror romance, yes. so, uh,
1: yeah. So, the, the spicy
0: stuff, gang. Yes. The spicy stuff. So, uh, but um, but today we are here to talk ghosts, and we don't have a whole lot of time to do it. So we figured we'd whittle it down to a top five of the most haunted locations in Florida. Now we did this last year and at at Megacon and another full room. Uh, was anybody here for that last year? Uh, a few of okay. We've revised the list because things have changed.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: It's uh, Some things are still as haunted as they were, not taking anything away from the ones that made the list last year, but there's been recent developments at some that we thought warranted a revisit
1: yes. of this topic. Yes.
0: So Wait, so
1: I do need to ask how many of you believe in ghosts?
0: Ooh, ooh good. I like that. Good. I like
1: that there's a huge section on this side that's is like
0: N- yeah, nope. Nope. You know, and, and, yeah. And then it's it's kind of nice. But that
1: but do you believe in Bigfoot? So it's fun, it's, it's <laughs> funny
0: we do these and it's like we go to the Bigfoot conferences and they will talk to you all day long about Bigfoot. And then we go, well, what about this ghost over here? And they'll be like, nope, don't believe in that. <laughs> you know, and then the next and then we'll go to the UFO conferences and they won't talk to anybody. Yes. Uh, they're just like, nope, no, 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 we're not, because we're gonna get flashy things when we walk yeah, out of here. Everybody so. gets flashy
1: thing to <laughs> so, UFO conferences. But so. the
0: ghost people will talk about anything to everybody, so that's why we love them. So Okay, so where are we
1: starting? We're starting number five.
0: Number five. Number let's just five. let's jump right in. So this one is a little famous if you're into this uh stuff if you're into hauntings because it almost killed a person who was investigating it okay so we're gonna go over to the east coast of florida and we are going to a place now where it now sits it wasn't where it originally was it's been moved and it is called the riddle house anybody know the riddle house a few people all right so have you been there no okay so it's very
1: very safe decision very safe
0: decision. <laughs> okay continue all right so the riddle house is in a place called yesteryear village and that's where they basically whenever an old house is about to be torn down and somebody says oh wait that's kind of an important historical building and since florida if it's not going to be a condo or not going to be a new bucky's uh or a wawa then we're gonna, we move it to a place somewhere else. And so there's this, uh, uh, South Florida Fairgrounds has an area that's yesteryear village. There's over the Tampa Fairgrounds has one too. Yep. Um, a pioneer village there. But they moved this house. Now what the Riddle House was, was a um, a mortician's house. It was not the funeral home. It was just where he lived. It was the city's place. Where they put the mortician and eventually though he did open shop there because they closed the city's funeral home so he had to actually open up shop in this place now there's a lot of ghost stories because it's a funeral home always you know that's a ghost story but what he one of the funeral directors did was he went up to the top floor of his house went up to the attic in his house and decided to unalive himself because he was just very depressed and he's a funeral undertaker in the 60s, not, not the best time to be one. Um, so that's the, the main death we know of in the
1: house. Other than all the bodies that were in it.
0: Yeah, but we think there may have been others because now that they've done research on the house, after it was moved, because they were going to tear it down. And they're like, oh, this is an old Victorian. Let's, let's save it. We'll put it in yesteryear village. And they move it there. And as they did that, they noticed some things in the basement. Ooh.
1: They found
0: bodies. Not many basements in Florida, especially not in South Florida. So they did find bodies that were not accounted for on the cemetery records. Now, the reason this house becomes famous is in the 1970s, after it's moved people come to investigate it because they're hearing weird noises in the place at night and it's closed off, but yet we're hearing noises. So a camera crew comes in and goes up to the attic and are filming it. And as the cameraman comes down, something grabs his shirt and he doesn't come down. And all the people are like, Hey, where's, where's Charlie? Where's Charlie? And then they're like, Well, he was just with us in the attic. So they run up to the attic and he's almost strangled to death in this attic by a strange little line that had appeared from nowhere. They could not find it after he got cut loose. But the picture shows a clear like fishing line wrapped around his neck. And now that house has been investigated numerous times and you can go investigate it yourself. The team down there that runs it is a place called War Party Paranormal and what's cool about them is they allow other people to join their team for investigations which is pretty cool now sadly they lost one of their founding members just recently a few weeks ago her name was scotty young uh uh, yeah scotty burns we love her to death and uh sad that she's gone but they're doing a wake for her this coming friday at The Riddle House because she was a docent there and she was one of the things the reason they have the Riddle House And so they're gonna do a seance for her in the Riddle House and it's open to the public So if you want something fun next week, and you're in Fort Lauderdale
1: Fun Fun so we're gonna to go to a house that may or may not have many many unsolved murders and we're going to do a seance, which always sounds like a terribly great idea, doesn't it? Let's just open a gateway. That it's, sounds fabulous. That's,
0: that's what it's all They're for. Like, we so. hope
1: Scotty will come through and not everything else that's living in the house. But it should, if, if you do enjoy ghost hunts and you do enjoy those kind of things, it's an absolutely great Beautiful. place and a fun time. And it's a piece of Florida history.
0: There are other houses in yesteryear villages that are also haunted, in yesteryear Village, that are also haunted, but that's probably the the big one. So since we're doing a top five, we had okay, to go with that. Top Almost five. killed a person. Come on, that's that's that no, that, that puts you were... in the top. So that's where we set the bar. Are Are you ready to go beyond this? Are we still here? All right, that's what we want to hear. So. Okay.
1: So what is okay. number four?
0: Number four is one that is a repeat from last year's top five, but it has shifted a little bit because things have kind of calmed down there a little bit. It was a little higher on the list, but it is still ultra spooky. And it is one of our favorite places to visit. And that is the May Stringer House in Brooksville, Florida. Has anybody been there? Okay, a few, a few. All right, those in the know, know, right? So May Stringer is numerous deaths occurred in this house. It was a small little two room, house at uh, the, the May family mm-hmm. and then Virginia May and her husband owned it he went off to the Civil War he did not come back so she had to remarry so Virginia May remarried Doc Stringer and Doc Stringer liked the land like the house and he's like we're gonna add on to this so he turned it from this little two-room thing into a big six room Victorian three stories high and added an attic and he added his operating room in the front room. And now this is right in the heart of Brooksville. So maybe an hour from here, hour and a half. Um, And we know a few patients didn't make it there. We also know he had some slaves and that they were buried on the property as well.
1: And they Uh, used to bury families on the property too. So there is a graveyard on the property.
0: But the odd thing about the graveyard is, we don't know where it is. We have the tombstones because they found them in a thrift store in town that somebody had been selling them as paving stones. So we don't know where the graveyard is on the property. So they've set it up like a little graveyard right next to the house, but that's not where the bodies are. the most famous ghost there is little Jessie May. She's up on the second floor. She's a child, died two years old. And uh, her spirit is the one paranormal investigators pay through the nose to come investigate this house because she will play with your toys. If you bring them, she will give you evidence you wouldn't believe for those. Right across the hall from her, her brother James, he went to World War I when he came home the girl he wanted to marry uh, had married someone else. So he went upstairs and unalived himself in the attic area. And then what's happened is it's now the Hernando County Historical Society. So they've added it as a museum and they get all these props and property and people bring them stuff. So they've got military wing, they've got a medical wing for Doc Stringer's stuff. But up in the attic, they have an actor's trunk, like an old vaudeville traveling trunk. And there is something attached to this trunk. And this is another one paranormal investigators love to get in the attic of this place. And there's a ghost attached to it. And he's earned himself a nickname.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And um, you know it's bad when you earn a nickname in Florida. (laughs) So this ghost... The psychics say his name's either Gary or Gus, someone with a G. There's no history of this trunk, so we can't really place who this guy owned it was. But he's very mean and he pushes people, especially ladies. He'll pull your hair and he'll also, on those spirit boxes and other things, he swears like a sailor. Um, and uh, so he has earned the nickname Mr. Nasty.
1: They're not really clever nicknames no these are uh, it's
0: they're, it's they're florida nicknames,
1: but they're not clever nicknames it's
0: florida what do you expect so <laughs> we're not we're not the most creative people we have a town on a gulf that's a port we call it Gulfport. yeah <laughs> you know, so, so.
1: but um the main stringer house another place part of the reason we call ourselves Area travels you can travel to it they have haunted tours you can go do tours if you have a paranormal team you can contact them and go see it it is um, I've been inside this house, unfortunately. Um, it is very, very creepy at times, and it, it does highlight one of the things I like to say, which is, um, if you you know if you believe in spirits and stuff like that, I don't think spirits have an age, have a gender, have an anything. But there is obviously a cosplay ghost that's playing as a two-year-old kid playing with toys, so that's there. And then there's Mister Nasty, and there's some great videotape. Mark was there with um uh, uh, Tampa Jay and Chris the girl and they're recording from two different angles and they went in, they had shut the door, you can see it's sealed, Mark's trying to tell them about it, it's something like opens the door like get out Yeah, so, we, we were shown the left. door by Mr. Nasty, <laughs> yes. uh,
0: Tampa Jay, Chris the girl, great uh, YouTubers and if you haven't watched them, they do some amazing places too, so, so that was cool, that one's actually going to be on Paranormal Caught on Tape next season, hopefully, fingers crossed it's they're there if they do another season. So yes. but um
1: okay, so what's number three? I, so that's
0: that's that's number four.
1: No, oh four, yeah. Yeah, so, so now we're three? moving
0: on to number three. Oh my gosh. Okay, so this one is well, how to describe this one? It is a unique location. It is in the wonderful town of Bartow, Florida. How many how many people know Bartow? Right? There's a few. They have a great science fiction convention there every year. The whole town turns into MegaCon called Sci-Fi Bartow, and that's in a couple of weeks. It's actually Valentine's weekend, I think. Um, a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but there is a location there. This crazy man decided to build a house. He got he inherited some swamp land. Didn't know what to do with it. So he starts digging down and he finds this limestone bedrock underneath and he just starts building this house by making his own cement mixture of using the limestone. And then he gets stone glass or stained glass from from Spain and he crushes it into the stone. So it sparkles when you look at this place. And he's not an architect of renown. He's never studied anything. And he starts building this dream home. He's so he had a year to live. He had come from New York and he's like, well, I'm going to do this. And he couldn't get wood to build anything because it's the middle of Bartow and there wasn't a, you know the phosphate mining and the turpentine mining was stealing all the lumber. So he got railroad ties and he made that the support structure. So it's metal and then this cement mixture. And so he creates this thing called the Wonder House. Uh, it was originally called the Breeder House because he had put plants all around it. And so the rain would come down. He had hollowed all those railroad spikes through the cement and it could pour water all around the house. And so plants would grow everywhere. And it's just, it's a unique tourist attraction. He never actually lived there. Conrad Shuck was the name of the man who built this. He never lived there, but, but he, he worked booked... on it where he was supposed to die in a year. He lived 72 years working on this house.
1: And he put things like the first version of air conditioning, which was running cool water through the walls and, and stuff like that. It's, it's a totally yeah. bizarre, the fixtures that existed. all. In this it, house. it was
0: open on all four sides. So you could open windows and just get a cross breeze, no matter which way the wind was blowing all this amazing stuff. Well, it sat abandoned for a long time after his family lost the land and he had passed away. Um, and then another family bought it in the '70s and tried to renovate it '70s style. Mm, not good. Uh, but thankfully, it yeah. is now in the hands of a wonderful Crislin Crease, and she is adorable. She's a mermaid at Wikiwachi, and she bought this house and she's restoring it to its glory. And now, when she bought the house, she was very upset there were no ghosts, and she was like, "Oh, that was the whole point of buying." You know, if you're, you know. You're a goth kid, you want, you want a ghost in your house. And you buy this creepy old house that everybody says is haunted and there's no ghost. What do you if do? If you look
1: at a picture of this house online, it looks like something you'd see in the Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, it is a creepy looking house. So,
0: However, now that she's been living there a while, she also has done the thing where she goes and collects artifacts and things that look creepy because she wants to make it a very Adams family house. And some of the things they've bought have brought friends. And that's also stirred up stuff at the house. And she swears that she, she saw sees him. Conrad Shuck outside the house one day walking by. So that's why this one moved up on our list because that's a recent sighting. And she's done all this research on the house. So she had pictures of them and she's done all this stuff. So she knew what she was looking at. It's pretty crazy. Now you can do tours there, she is doing private tours if you go to wonderhousebartow.com you can schedule your tour and she does halloween she does ghost tours and they decorate beautifully all year and
1: um the holiday season time and
0: holiday season and they are doing special for sci-fi bartow they're going to be doing that too so So another fun travel
1: yes travel 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 all right creepy houses
0: oh my goodness we're moving right along two
1: because this is getting darker where's number two my friend
0: are we gonna go dark
1: dark Super okay, dark. Okay, because number one... Everybody wants to go super dark, right? You just yeah. don't... Yeah. Okay. okay. So. All
0: right. So number two is a friend of ours. He is a, he is he is the bestest boy. He used to be number one on the list.
1: Well, And he, I feel he's, bad. He's, he's, he's the,
0: still number one.
1: He's number one. He's not number two, but there's a part of his story that is number two. Yeah. So, so
0: we are going to have to ask permission yes, to talk about this guy. Yes. So uh, Robert... Is it okay if we talk about you Mm -hmm. some of you already know what we're about to talk about so yes Uh, down in key west we have our bestest boy robert the doll how many people have visited robert okay how many people have had to write him a letter Uh, me (laughs) (laughs) there's some out there there's a couple there's a couple there's always a couple they learn the hard way right we all learn the hard way okay so for those of you who don't know Robert the doll lives down in Key West. We'll talk about him real quick before we talk about the location. Um, Robert the doll is the most haunted doll in the world. You've heard of Annabelle. You've heard of all of this. You've heard of Chucky. Chucky is, was inspired because of Robert the doll, the the writer of child's play, heard about this doll and created it. Uh, This doll lived in Key West for a hundred years, still there. You can go visit him.
1: Regardless of what some ghost shows may tell you the location of this particular yeah, doll he is, he is, he is not in, in a Key certain, West. He
0: is not in a certain museum in Vegas, despite what the show tells you. Yes. Uh, but uh, he is down in Key West and you can go visit him. The easiest way to do that is go down to Fort Myers and take the ferry over to Key West, to enjoy yourselves. Um, but Robert was the childhood doll of Gene Otto, Robert Gene Otto, and Weird stuff started happening when this doll showed up in the house like almost immediately. Things were breaking, things were going wrong, and the mother is like, Son, you've got to stop doing this. Robert, you have to stop. And he's like, Well, I didn't do it. Robert did it. And they're like, You're Robert. And he's like, No, no. The doll wants to be called Robert. He wants my name. So I'm gonna be Gene from now on. Go go by my middle name. And since we don't want any more for confusion. Uh, nowadays we'd have given that kid some Ritalin and we wouldn't have these stories. But um, but now, you know, this doll goes on to do all kinds of strange stories for over 100 years. Um, pretty amazing. If you want more of that, I did the Travel Channel Shock Doc, Curse of Robert the Doll. It's available on Max and Amazon and fine streaming platforms everywhere. Uh, so, but. But. What happened was the doll is famous. He has rules. When you go visit Robert, you uh, have to be nice.
1: Destiny Beard, the lyrical soprano
0: who will haunt your dreams. With her alluring melodies and intricate harmonies, this dark siren of wistful song shall capture your soul and lead you into the night. Check out Destiny's new single, The Haunting Is Over, with international musicians Sam Haynes and Gary Bennett, as well as her other musical works at
1: destinybeard.com.
0: Greetings, travelers. Now available on Audible. And other audiobook platforms, Erie Appalachia. Join us, won't you, as we discuss creatures like the Popelik Monster, the White Thangs, the Snallygaster, the Wampus Cat, the Lizard Man of Skateboard Swamp, Bunnyman Bridge, and the Ohio Grassman. All these creatures and more await you if you dare listen to Erie Appalachia, presented by Mark Muncie, History Press. Horseman Publishing. Well, and we're back.
1: I was going to say, we're back from break and we've done a time jump.
0: Yeah, this is kind of weird, right? Uh, it's yeah. like
1: something unusual happened
0: while we were recording our, our, our live podcast at Megacon. And I'm not just talking about Concord.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say you got taken out by Concrud. So, oh man,
0: yeah, I am just now in the back, back in the land of the living.
1: Listeners, travelers, if you're listening to this second half of our episode, we are having to have recorded this separately because Mark ah uh, basically upset Robert the doll. I mean, I, that's- I, I,
0: there's no easier way to say it. I had to write him an apology letter. We were just we brought up our favorite boy. We thought we were following all the rules, and somehow, right at that moment. Our wonderful producer, Bo Lake, just kind of looks over at us and and immediately starts rebooting the plugs and doing all the clickety clacks to try to get things to go back. And we could not get them fixed for basically the rest of the con. We lost a whole other podcast, but we were able to salvage the first half of this. And so we're going to pick up where we left off as best, and we're going to summarize the rest of this episode by doing... What you missed live. Now, thankfully, a couple of our uh, travelers, who is another fellow uh, YouTube fans, they actually videoed the whole episode and did post it. And we did share that on the Erie Travels Facebook feed and uh, all our other stuff. So if you do want to watch the rest of the episode as it aired, you can go to that. But we're going to pick up where we left off and do it here live for you again. So, Because we talked about the two biggest and scariest places, not just because we were talking about Robert, we were talking about where Robert lives, right? Yes,
1: which is a little bit different, right? Uh,
0: yeah, where he used to live. But we were going into all about Robert, because you have to talk about Robert to talk about where we were going to be going. So I think when we got cut off, it was literally just mentioning the rules of Robert, which yes. uh, there were... Several well known rules for a number of years. One was be nice to Robert, be polite. And then, rule number two, don't take his photo without permission because bad things happen. Rule number three is you have to close the connection to Robert when you leave. You have to say goodbye, Robert, you know, and break that connection so he doesn't follow you home, right? So, the the connections, the energies. And then the fourth rule is just really simple. If you screwed up one, two, or three, you have to write him a letter of apology and say, please forgive me, I screwed up. And that's your get out of jail card with Robert. He's very prim and proper. He likes his, you know, his his fanciness. So we talked about letters that he got. I've mentioned those before in the past. Uh, We talked a, a few more things like that. And so we went off on a little Robert divergence there for a few minutes, as we do, and I think that's what caused the problem. So Robert, again, we're sorry. I'm sorry. I thought by doing this, I was you know, continuing your legacy and teaching people about you and teaching people to respect you, and um,
1: um, I maybe think somebody in the that... audience
0: wasn't doing it right.
1: Yeah, I think we need to add a new Robert rule that maybe it was not prepared for when the original rules were set up. But I think if you're going to talk about Robert in any way, shape or form, I think we need to ask permission right before we talk about him. So, Robert, we would like your permission to continue the story of what we were talking about in the house that you grew up in, so to speak.
0: So after explaining Robert's rules, we went back to talk about, you can go visit Robert in the Fort East Martello Museum where he currently resides. But that was not Robert's home. That is Robert's current home. His original home, where he was brought, was, well, he was created by the Steiff Company in Germany. And this is the same company that invented the teddy bear a few years later. And so they are still in business today. And they made Robert was one of six unique dolls that were made for a window display. And he was originally dressed apparently as like um, a Harlequin. And when they brought him home, it was purchased by Gene Otto's dad. Now, Robert, I don't know if we've gotten to this point in the story, was originally the doll of Gene Otto, uh, Robert Gene Otto. And, uh, and his dad bought this doll for him as a present. And when they brought it home to their house, which was the auto house in Key West, they were a very affluent family. They have this beautiful Victorian house, and the doll becomes the childhood toy of, of the boy. Now, where this gets weird is strange things are happening, things are breaking, things are going wrong, and they blame it on the boy. And they go, "You know, Robert, you've got to stop doing this. He goes, no, no, no the doll wants my name. The doll is now Robert. I am going to go by my middle name, Gene, because we don't want any more confusion. I'm giving him my name. It's a gift. Now, what do we know about like fairy lore and stuff like that involving names, Erica?
1: Well, the rule of thumb that I know as being a complete not expert on this topic, you don't actually give the fae your name. You're not supposed to give any of these things your name. Right.
0: Well, th- you're not even supposed to tell them your name because then they have power over power you. Power
1: over you. Yes.
0: Well, what if you a side give...
1: note, listeners, travelers, don't yeah. just go around giving people your names. Yeah. What if you did 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 Robert freeze us again? wow that um okay so fun story technical difficulties wow okay we'll see if mark comes back into the podcast here hi bo hi i think uh, we should stop robert, talking about this point of the story because wow robert we love you you're the we best love Hanson. you robert and you are amazing and-, <laughs> and soon as mark is back allowed back in the podcast as soon as you allow him back in We'll stop talking about you. We'll stop talking about the name thing because that's obviously the problem. I think we might all need to write some letters to Robert because he doesn't seem very happy with us right now. Yeah, I don't think he's happy about the name thing. We'll see when Mark comes back in. No. I'm gonna pause over. Let's we'll just end it here. So wow, um, we have made a decision here on the Erie Travel Show, Robert. So <laughs> we're just gonna say that we're not gonna talk about your name anymore. So Mark is just gonna move on to the other part of the story, which is the house that he's talking about that you can visit. Mark, let's focus on the house pretty please with sugar on top because we're never going to get through this episode if oh you don't. Oh my gosh, that was that was epic. So anyway, yeah, so you can
0: visit the artist's house, which is in Key West. Uh, it was the originally the Otto House owned by Gene Otto and his lovely wife. And our wonderful boy lived there for many years in the turret room. That was where he used to look out onto the streets below, and you can go there and visit, and that is your travel destination for the eerie travels. Is book the artist's house, tell him Robert sent you. So many amazing things there, all within a few blocks of the house. But the house itself, according to a few psychics, including uh, Cindy Kazan and a few others, the house itself is a portal, and Robert picked that up and that's where robert comes from so that is why it is many entities attached to this stuff and so you can stay in the artist room or the, the with the turret room on top and uh, enjoy yourself that's where we filmed the curse of robert doll where if you want to learn more watch that documentary because we've already paid the price for that so
1: yeah <laughs> so Moving on, the next last bit of this. And um, so we're going to do a little bit of a trigger warning on this one. Because oh my gosh. the whole point of us discussing these things is the this creepiest places. So we're about to talk about literally probably what we consider. I just got goosebumps. The creepiest place. I just got goosebumps. Okay. So um, trigger warning into uh, child abuse, child murder, And uh, this, unfortunately, is a really ugly part of our history that needs to not be forgotten, even though several places have tried to sweep this under the rug. So without further ado, if you are not good with those things, this is our last topic. We love you, travelers. We'll see you on the next episode. Otherwise, buckle up. Here we go.
0: I always start this one by just saying, if I say one word and you know this word, it will trigger chills. you know, if you don't know this word, you should. It's one of the darkest pieces of Florida history, and that's saying a lot when you you know, up there with words like Rosewood and Seminole Wars and things like that. This is, if not the top, I I don't know what is. Yeah um, And that is the Arthur Dozier School for Boys. Dozier is the word uh Florida's Ugh. first juvenile detention center for boys. And some of the things that happened there happened over a century ago, and some happened less than a decade ago.
1: yeah,
0: so that's how long this thing went on. This is in Mariana, Florida, right? At the uh, break of the panhandle there. And this Florida institution wasn't closed until two thousand and eleven. And, Which just
1: seems ridiculous to even say that when you tell the story of this. It's so yeah. insane to me that that went on for so long. Yeah, it
0: opened in 1897 initially, and it was run by governor-appointed commissioners. And then Florida later took full control of it. And it was basically just to be a reform school, or people separated might become better kids right and this was supposed to be for the worst of the worst it was supposed to be you know kids who did terrible things to other kids unalived other kids or you know sexually assaulted other kids and stuff like that so they were were sent to this school to be segregated away from society and it was a forgotten place and basically between 1903 and 1913 they found kids shackled denied food, denied clothing, beaten. Um, And the youngest kids here were like five years old. This is how terrible this place was. And that was the first initial study of how bad this place was. It was supposed to house 500. By the 1913, it had over uh, almost 5,000 stuck in this facilities that hadn't really expanded that much.
1: And, and one of the things I want to make sure our travelers understand is when we're talking about the worst of the worst, you just listed two horrible crimes, but kids were sent here for the most ridiculous crap in the world. Well, like as truancy, it right
0: yeah, as it started opening, more and more people being sent there. It was things like truancy got you sent there. If you if you ran away from home, you got sent there. Um, if you got caught smoking cigarettes. He got sent there, um and one of my favorites that was just terrifying to me, you know, right next to child murderer was incorrigibleness. What is incorrigibleness? You know, and you get sent to this hell, and there was just all this crazy stuff. We know of fifty five deaths at this school. Wow, we think over a hundred died between 1900 and 1973. There is a cemetery on the property that had some of the marked deaths, but when the property finally closed in 2011, and it didn't close for any of these investigations of abuse and destruction, not just at the hands of students on students, but also at the hands of the staff on students. Reportedly, they did the investigation and they did ground penetrating radar. And that's when they found even more bodies. And And there wasn't
1: logs of any of this, correct? Like that's that's one of the biggest, was it 36? How many did you say were actually reported deaths there?
0: Their actual reported deaths was 24, but they had 31 graves. And then there was the graveyard had 55 markers. And then they found even, or 51 markers. Well, who were all the extra deaths? And then there's, when they did the groundbreaking radar, they found 55 bodies. So who are all these extra bodies? Who was all this extra stuff? You know, there were some things as like underreported deaths, like gunshot wounds, trauma, influenza, fire, all this stuff. And then some say there was a whole second cemetery that they were never allowed to disclose uh, that was where the African-American students were, were buried. And it was a hidden graveyard with even more bodies. And the records there are ridiculous. It was things like, no longer here presumed escape. You know, one of the things we talked about when we did the panel was I talked about, we've been places all over the world. You, Erica, me, you go to a graveyard in medieval England that has been closed for centuries. You go to somebody who lives on the property and say, hey, I'm looking for this one lady who was buried here in 1210, A.D. and they'll go, oh, yeah, row 20, you know, grave seven, you know, and, and stuff like that. You can even go down to the Paris catacombs and they can kind of tell you who almost everybody is in the first few areas. This had nothing like that. Who's buried in this grave that's in Boot Hill? Nobody knows. That second Boot Hill has been bulldozed and is now where the sheriff's department has their new headquarters. And that's how quickly they want to get rid of this place. That's what they wanted. They want this gone. They want this completely wiped from history. And it's just terrifying to me that this went on for so long. Now, there's, a, there's one building that was built, and it was the solitary confinement building as its initial purpose, and it was called the White House, so cinder block, white painted building, and had big, huge industrial fans on it. Now Why does it have big industrial fans on this small building, right? It doesn't make sense unless it's to hide the noise. And so this is supposedly where the kids were taken and were tortured by the staff, basically. But so I talked to one man who was sent to the school in 1960s, and he uh, had been sent there because he'd been hitchhiking. He had run away from home, and an AWOL Marine driving a stolen car found him and turned him in. So,
1: That's just
0: nuts. Yeah, yeah, because he was hitchhiking with this, this, this a wall marine. That's how they caught him, and they brought him to the school. They charged him with car fat, even though it was the marine who had done it. Yeah. You know? Wow. And so they were there. A lot of them were orphans. A lot of them had no place to go, so they were sent there. And um, he wasn't a bad kid. He's like, I wasn't a bad kid. I just you know didn't like school, and. Uh, but he was in there and the first night in there, they sent him to the White House. And he said, "You went in there, didn't know what was going on. And one of the guards brought out an instrument called Black Beauty, which is a 10 foot whip. And they were in a 10 by 10 room. So he would hear tap as the whip went back and hit the wall, tap as it hit the ceiling, and then crack as it came down on his back and he said he lost consciousness very quickly and the only reason you would know how many times you were beat is the next day if the kid in the cell next to you kept count for you uh because it was two cells in that building and then you would go wash your clothes of blood and if you cried or did anything else you would spend another night there and they would repeat the process I
1: can imagine well, terrifying
0: you- terrifying place and this is just that's just a piece of the school and it was finally closed in 2011 due to budget concerns. That's what closed it. Wow, it just terrifying. And now there is an organization called the White House Boys. And they are all people who survived this school. And they tell their stories. You know, it's terrifying. But it's also, that's their therapy. It's how they come out of it. If you need to read that, read it. But um, former governor Charlie Crist ordered a state investigation. And again, couldn't find enough evidence to support anything wrong. So nobody was ever held liable for anything there. Wow. The town of Mariana does not want to pay any fines, does not want to do anything. And I think the worst case is With the graveyards being moved, the boys are being moved, and they have no place to go, the bodies. Supposedly, they were moved to Tallahassee, but why would you move them to Tallahassee when they have no ties to Tallahassee? The boys, some of their only ties were this place, so it's sad. They're still searching for unmarked graves there as best they can, but progress waits for no one. So they're rebuilding parts of it into a school that hopefully will do some good, that will teach adults with autism how to function in society. That's one of the good things coming out of this. But some of it is just being bulldozed for kennels and the police department and other things. We're still finding out how long this legacy of hiding basically state-sponsored child abuse is. We're finding stuff in other states. Where boys were shipped home to their distant family members in coffins, and oh. they were given burials. One in Tennessee, we finally found an actual family member, a survivor, you know, because most of these were orphans. So they were sent home, buried pauper's graves. Nobody figured anything out. But this one, they got permission to exhume the body to find out what really killed him because we have a feeling it was more than the story. The story was told. Killed while escaping, hit by a train. And that was why they told the family. So they wow. go and they dig up the coffin. And this coffin, when we exhumed it, uh, Professor Kimberly from USF, she's the lead forensic anthropologist on this. She's the one who broke all this story and everything. I went there looking for ghost stories. She went there and found the truth. But when they dug up that grave, they find the coffin, It's empty. It's filled with wood. There oh was no my body. Gosh. So when you go to the Dozier archives to find out what the hell really happened, there's, don't, don't doesn't say anything about being killed while escaped, hit by train. It, uh, the records for that same child just said, no longer here presumed escape. So wh- where's the disconnect? Why did they send a coffin full of wood to there when that's what happened? So there's more going on here than we will probably ever know and there is no doubt that people worked there knew what was going on and said nothing um yeah. and that's why some historians in north florida don't like to talk about it because we don't know how deep it was we don't we we never know how much truth will ever be uncovered here the one beautiful place there was the church across the street and that was the boy's sanctuary and that is the place where they would go and seek solace and stuff like that. And that's what we went for was that church. You go there, you can just feel the sadness, the oppression. It's on public ground, so it is available. But when we went there in 2013, this is long the school had been closed for two years. The rest of the school was still closed off at that time. They were just starting to do all the construction and destruction of it trying to hide it the church was still open inside the church were documents for the school including like social security numbers and medical records and all this other stuff of some of the children from the school just open to the elements and I don't know how many HIPAA laws and other laws
1: so many violations on that did anybody go gather that stuff up? we
0: reported it to the state And it was gathered by the time we were there a week later. But that's, who knows how long that had been there. I mean, that's years that had been there, just wide open for anybody. And that's, again, that's just a small portion. We went looking for ghost stories because I'd heard so many ghost stories and so many terrible things that happened. But when you find this stuff, that just makes it so much worse. So yes, there are ghosts there. Yes, there are terrible things there, but you gotta just, it's okay, let them rest. You know, hopefully they find rest because wow. they did not have peace while they were there, mm-hmm. and that is why it is the most terrifying place in Florida.
1: I agree, and it breaks my heart. But um, isn't there something that um, there's this charity or something for the white boys, right? Isn't there White something- House
0: Boys has a charity organization that you can contribute to that helps them with legal defenses and and other things and therapy costs, uh, amongst other things. That is the only thing they got us. The state recognized finally. Bad things happen there, but that's all they've admitted. They have not done any sort of, you know, not going to be reparations or anything like that. They are supposedly saving the White House and
1: okay. they've sealed it off
0: and they've got a big sign on it. You know, who watches the watchman? basically sort of historical marker describing this is what happens when things get unsupervised and out of control. But with all the construction and bulldozing, I'm terrified somebody might accidentally back over that accidentally i do with air quotes uh on our radio podcast so (laughs) no it's uh,
1: true but it's another point travelers of how vital it is to remember the history and hopefully we stop repeating it you can't even imagine that it was less than 15 years ago these things were still happening
0: yeah and um i think it's terrifying And I think you should also know that the Florida School for Girls is still open and for business and still doing things. And Of course, there are allegations there, but nobody's uh, done much with that. So that's the top five scariest places in Florida. I am sorry about all the technical difficulties. Um, We were talking about our bestest boys. One of the reasons why we haven't done an episode on our bestest boys is because how crazy is that?
1: Yes. And Robert, thank you for your support of Erie Travels. We do appreciate it.
0: And we we took questions at the end of the panel. We had some fun places. Again, I would check out that YouTube link. We will post it in the show notes uh, so that you can see the full panel and get some of the questions and see what you kind of miss at one of our panels, you know, uh, when you're not there. So when you, when you, when you wind up going to the Princess Bride panel and the...
1: (laughs) Hey. Hey, and I loved me some Carrie Elways while we were there. So And the
0: Paul Bettany panel was during our second panel. So that kind yes. of Yes.
1: You know, as long as they're putting us against the big boys, I'm gonna take And we're that still as a filling call.
0: the rooms. I'm good with that.
1: Um, with that, Mark, um, we have some other events coming up. Please check out our events page. Bo, our yes. producer keeps things up to date. There, you're gonna be at Frogman. Um, also yep. you and Carrie are gonna be vending at Pensacon. We don't have Pensacon. a panel because they're panel stuff is ridiculous so it's a little um,
0: awkward and last year was um riding trolleys to a a a, a panel i only do that at dragon
1: yes (laughs) yes so with that why don't you take us away my friend
0: all right gang so when you are traveling the highways and byways of florida know that there is much more out there than meets the eye yes you can go visit the the mouse and you can go visit harry potter but you might also want to go off those little off the beaten paths and visit some darker, spookier places. And I'm not just talking I 4 traffic. And we will see you on the other side.